Welcome to this week's podcast from Gathering Place Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, please visit our website at gatheringplacechurch.com. You can be seated if you can. Here in a, in a few minutes, we're going to baptize and we're going to bring these guys up and they're going to share uh, just a, a quick uh, reason why they put those on their shirts and, and why God is, is speaking to them. I think it's awesome. Latrice, she's here with us. She came last week for the first time. God touched her life. She's like, I'm getting baptized next week. So we're happy that, that she and uh, all of you have made the, the choice and, and the decision uh, to get baptized you know, I just want to share uh, a couple things about uh, baptism with you uh, before we uh, jump into it. As I was uh, looking and, and studying, uh, it's pretty neat because baptism comes from the Greek word uh, baptizo, uh, which means uh, to dunk. And I was just thinking about that. You know, we're in a, uh, a season of the NBA Finals, right? Anybody, any NBA Finals fans? If you watch game one, you saw LeBron baptizo JaVale McGee in a sick dunk. All right, so uh, it's pretty awesome uh, how baptizo, what that means. So next time you see, uh, what are we in game five coming up? Next time you see that just when LeBron dunks over Stephanie Cur- I mean Steph Curry, um, all these guys. I know, I know, I'm sorry. You can just say baptizo, okay? have a little fun. Now we love Steph Curry. He's a a Christian, and uh, he's awesome. He's bold about his faith. So we need more guys like that uh, in the sports world. Awesome. Well, I just want to share some scripture uh, this morning with you, uh, and just for you to encourage you. You know, it's neat when you study the ancient path of baptism, as we've been talking about, you'll see that it's more than just symbolism. You know, a lot of times with baptism, we see the symbolism that I'm just, I'm rising out of the waters and becoming a new man, but really there's something supernatural that takes place in all of our lives when we get baptized, when we choose to make the public declaration that I'm putting off the old man and putting on the new man. You know what's pretty neat? The early church would take it so serious where they would have a time where they would uh, give a, a confession that I renounce the devil in all of his ways And I take on Christ, that I'm pushing back the darkness, the demonic influence, the route, the plans, the navigation that the devil wanted to take my life down. I deny that, and I turn and I come out, and I'm following Christ with everything within me. As we've shared before, the best way to follow Christ or what it means to follow Christ is you go all out. We're not one foot in the world, one foot in the church, but with everything within you, we're not perfect. None of us are perfect but we understand that we're receiving grace and we're receiving mercy for the path of following Christ. I know that's the heart of all of us this morning is that we want to understand, we want to know what it looks like to follow Jesus. And baptism is one of the mysteries that God gives the church to encourage that journey as we follow Christ. And it seals us. You know, in Mark uh, 16, 16, it talks of being baptized in water and in the spirit. That they're both two sides of the same coin. They both go together. And so this morning as they get baptized, they're going to get dressed and they're going to meet Pastor Joyce and Pastor Webb and they're going to be prayed over and anointed with oil to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That both of those things go together because those of you that experienced the baptism, that's the thing where you have an encounter with God 
that you know he's real. You know his presence has changed your life. You know, I was thinking about a time when, because when the presence of God changes your life, he sends you on mission. I can remember when we went uh, to Mexico on a mission trip. And as a teenager, if you knew me or if you were around me at that time, I was full of zeal and passion. You get me in a, in a youth conference or you get me on a mission trip, I was ready to shut the devil down and see people get saved. And so we were on these mission trips, and I can remember uh, one of the first persons that I got to lead to Christ. And, and you always remember that moment when God uses you to really present Christ to somebody. And we were uh, going up uh, the, on top of this hill where the village we were that we were staying in, Tijuana, Mexico. And uh, I can remember it was uh, us in a, in a group. And we see this guy kind of by himself, and he's just picking through uh, the dirt and looking for something. So we kind of go up and we approach him and we start striking up a conversation with him. And uh, as we're talking with him and our, our translator, uh, we just begin to strike up some conversation and he asks, you know, why are you guys here? Um, and so we start telling him, you know, we're, we're from America, we're from Kentucky. Every time we say from Kentucky, KFC? You know, it's the first thing that everyone says. All of, we've all experienced. You go outside of Kentucky, everyone loves KFC. It's like, I've had it twice, man. I don't know. Um, I actually worked there for a year, but, you know, so I fall right into that stereotype. It's all good. Uh, so we were talking to this guy and, and striking up conversation. And uh, what he was doing, he was looking for uh, metals, precious metals that he could take and scrap and get some cash for. And so as he was looking for those metals, we kind of get to know his story, kind of where he's from, and, and start talking to him about church. And he had some church hurts and, and kind of was in church as a kid, but never really went into that place of relationship with God. And so what we told him, we're like, we're here to tell you that God wants to be in relationship with you. And as we just began to talk to him and minister him, tears began to ro roll down his eyes. And what he really opened up with us and what he said just stuck with me. He said, you know, I don't feel that God could ever love me. I don't feel that I'm worth anything. I've, I've messed up. I've made stupid decisions. So you could tell he was dealing with guilt, condemnation, shame, all these type of things. And so we began to just talk with him and pray with him and encourage him. And as he was staring, looking for the beauty and, and, and the, the dirt, we told him that that's how God views us. That this world is crazy. This, tons of stuff goes on, sin all around us, temptation, all these things. But God chooses to put his spirit in us in the midst of everything, in the midst of our past, to make us something beautiful. I want you to know this morning, you're something beautiful. And God puts his mystery, God puts his life in you. We could pause right there and just be dumbfounded about that, that the life of Christ is in you, is in me. And baptism represents that, that the life of Christ is being deposited in you. And as we've been talking, when you get on this process of salvation, you begin to get healed. We talked of in Galatians 5.22 weeks ago, of how when we confess Christ, we enter into the crucifixion that he experienced where the flesh is crucified along with its passions and desires. And what that means is that the, those broken things in our life, as a church, we're going through the bait of Satan. We're understanding what it means to be healed from offense and bitterness. So those broken emotions, those places in our life that need to be healed. Because when we get saved, we don't become like Jesus right away. We're invited on a journey to become delivered, to become free, to experience breakthrough, to become forgiven, and to be changed. It's an everyday process, and that's why God has given us the church as a mother, and he is like the father. And when they both work hand in hand, you 
enter into this process of healing and you really experience the fullness of salvation, the thing is so many Christians never experience the fullness of what God has for them because they, they just they don't either trust him, they don't understand it, whatever it may be. We all have our reasons and excuses. But I'm here to tell you, if you'll trust God and you'll trust his church and the, and the mysteries of baptism and communion and the things that he's given us, you'll experience the fullness of what he created you to be. Because when you don't die, you don't, you, when you die, you don't ever leave the church. Because the church is the eternal family of God. The church is the thing that Jesus gave his life for. You enter into the church triumphant. We're here as the church militant fighting, destroying the works of the devil, believing for our families to be saved, healed, and delivered. We all know a family member that, can, that can, needs Jesus in their life. And that's our purpose and that's our mission, to bring Jesus, to Christianize our entire life. That never stops. That we, the minute we think that we can go on vacation spiritually and check out is when the, when the devil looks to take a foothold and open a door in your life. We never stop. We never quit. We never drop it. We keep trusting God, taking every day as a moment to draw closer to Christ. Anyone want to draw closer to Christ? Every day when you get up, you want to draw closer to Christ. And he gives us the church to encourage it encourage us in that. Timmy, if you want to put up Romans 6, 3 through 4. Romans 6, 3 through 4, I want to read this to you. It says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk and newness of life. When you read that, you don't see anything of just, it's talking, it's just a symbol of it. No, it's, it's actually taking place. When you get baptized, you are entering into that moment of what Christ did. It's like with communion, it's just not symbol, uh, it's not, not symbolic, it is symbolic, but it's so much fuller than that, that you're entering into the Last Supper and the fullness of that moment. And so with baptism, it's the same thing. It, it's deep and it's full and it's life-changing, it's supernatural. And there's something that's deposited into your life when you get baptized this morning. It's the expectation of a new reality. Because we're all born into this world uh, broken. We're crippled. We're walking around on crutches and we don't even see it. The world's walking around limped and on crutches and they don't even see it. But when you look in the mirror and you see Christ, you're so humbled and you say, I, I want that. I want the glory of God to be in my life. And you begin to become healed as we were talking of. And so we see the fullness and the weight of when we get baptized, that healing, that uh, what Christ experienced is deposited into our life, and we become made into the image of Christ. Ladies, you can attest to this. You can't throw your whole image together in five seconds. Guys, can you throw a little gel in your hair? You're good to go. But ladies, you, you, you work hard if you're getting ready for a wedding, we just got back from Caleb and Mackenzie's wedding, and man, those ladies took time. They looked awesome, but it, take, it took a process. It took some great makeup. I think you guys were using naked pads, the, the makeup pads. I don't know what it is. That's what Brie uses. Don't get me going on that. Let's stay away from that word. Palette. Okay. Naked palette. Okay. Should have never opened that box there, but happened. I know. But it's a process. 
to get the image that you're desiring. The same is with Christ. It is a process. And so many Christians, they throw the towel in when the devil knocks the first time and they, and, and they fall to a temptation because there's going to be times in our life where we fall short because maturity is a process. You don't go from kindergarten to 12th grade. You got to grow. And the church is your school. The church is your place to grow and to be healed and to take the broken areas of our life and let them be transformed and let you be all that God created you to be. Don't Don't sell yourself short. The devil, the biggest attack he does is to attack your image, to get you to doubt that God can use you, to get you to doubt that you have purpose, to get you to doubt that you're a bad mom, that you're a bad dad, that you've screwed up your kids. It's a lie of the devil. It's never too late with God. He's mercy and grace is always readily available. Don't sell yourself short on the purpose of God on your life. Quickly, I want to share um, a story, probably of the greatest evangelist that you've never heard of. And she's from the Bible. And as we talked about, we threw out that word orthodox a few weeks ago, that orthodox is the, uh, the continuation of the book of Acts, of what that church looked like, looked like when the apostles started to build the church that Peter talked of, that the gates of hell would not prevail against. Well, orthodoxy fills in the gap of the story. And I don't want to go through the Bible story because we all know it, but we know the story of the woman at the well, right? Where uh, this uh, sinful woman was at this well, and Jesus shows up unexpectedly, and he asks for a drink of water. And she says, well, you know, you don't have a, a bucket for me to get the water. And so they begin this dialogue, and they start to talk. And uh, what we see is, is Jesus calls this woman out and says, well, go and get your husband. And she says, well, I don't have a husband. And you can tell Jesus kind of looks at her. He says, you're right. You've actually had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. And so it just got serious in that conversation right there. And so the woman knows that, okay, this man isn't just a man or just isn't even just a prophet, that maybe he's something more. And so we see this conversation start to build and, and the revelation that this woman's about to get. And so when this woman at the well gets the revelation that she's Jesus, you see, what you see happen as you go and you read the story, she runs back into town to tell everyone that I, I just talked with the Messiah. You've got to come meet this guy. And what we see is she's one of the first evangelists that ever takes place. And so the story kind of stops there. But I want to tell you what happened after that. So Pentecost happens, right? The Holy Spirit falls. You read in Acts 2, uh, toward the back end of Acts 2, of how when the Holy Spirit fell, 3,000 were added to the church that day and 3,000 were baptized. And what's neat about that is 3,000 people were physically baptized, whether it was in a lake or in an ocean, however it may be. It wasn't that the apostles said, well, the, the day hour is short and we can't baptize everyone. No, they physically got everyone and baptized them. Baptizo, dunk, come on. They did it because they believed in it. And that's what Christ commissioned them to do. And so... Guess who was a part of that 3,000? The woman at the well. And when she was baptized, she was given a new name. Church writings will, will show this. You can look it up for yourself. Her name that was given to her was Fotini, which means enlightened one. And uh, Fotini ended up be- becoming a saint later on by the church. And her mission and what she did was honored. And what she did, she lived in the time of that early church And the Roman Emperor Nero, who actually gave the name Christians 
as a slang term, he labeled the people that followed Jesus, well, what are we going to call them? Well, let's call them Christians. And what that means is, is Christ, those that are bearing Christ's image. That's where that came from. So King Nero gave Christians the name. And so Fotini, her story is incredible where she was so full of zeal, so full of passion. After her baptism, she experienced Christ. She had to let everyone know what had happened inside of her. And so she was sent on mission and sent out into a hostile environment that didn't want to know Christ, that they didn't want to receive what she had to say. And so her first encounter when uh, Emperor Nero hears of the woman at the well, Fotini, that she was spreading Jesus, what happens is she calls uh, herself and her five sisters to be persecuted because when Fotini uh, experienced the power of God and she went right back to her home and her whole family got saved, which is awesome. And so when Nero hears of this and all of them start going out and, and spreading Jesus and miracles are happening, he calls these women forward and decides to torture and persecute them. What they did to her was crazy, but the power of God was there and protected them. He made all of them almost kneel on a place like this and, and stick their knuckles out. And for three hours, all those women were beat in their knuckles. And every hour, a new soldier was put in that was strong and ready to go that next hour. So they were tortured terribly. But what writings will show you is that they were protected. And when they left those three hours, nothing was wrong with their hands. And so that was a boost of encouragement that, okay, God is with us. And so they said, heck with you. We're going into town, and we're going to keep preaching. And so they kept preaching. And uh, Nero said, okay, I'm going to kind of change up my tactics a little bit. And so he decided to send his daughter to them and invite them into his palace and into his kingdom and bribe them with gold and silver and luxury and comfort that you can come and just live with me, but you got to give up Jesus. And so what the, and this is what really set Nero over the edge is as Fotini and her sisters were with him, with their daughter, they ended up talking with her daughter and guess what happened with his daughter? His daughter ended up becoming a Christ follower, that they converted the king's very daughter. And so when he figured that out, he was infuriated. So he takes all the women and he throws them in a fiery furnace for seven days. Now, if Nero would have known his Old Testament, he would have known something a little similar that happened uh, with the, the guys Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so after seven days, he opens the furnace. Guess who walks out? All five of those women. Miracle after miracle began to happen. After that, they, these women were thrown into jail. And guess what happened in the jail? They turned the whole jail into church. The soldiers, everyone, the power of God was moving. That's how that early church saw the power of God. But it was because of persecution that they saw the hand of God move in their life. And that's what I want all, you guys to know, all of us to know is that following Christ isn't easy, but his power is always there to sustain us. There is a gift that the church gets in suffering because we suffer in the, in the body of Christ. And what the world says, you run from suffering, you get on vacation, you get around a palm tree and everything's going to be okay. Now, I'm all about that. You need to take vacation. You need to be healthy. But that can't be your escape when things get tough. God gives us the gift of suffering where we can endure through it and we can walk out not even smelling like smoke. That's the kind of Christian I want to be. 
That's the kind of power I want to know. And that's even a series that God is putting in my heart where we can even learn how to suffer properly. Because you read in, in Scripture, uh, let's see, where's it at? I think I, I put it up there. In Acts 5.41, it says, And they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing, hear this, that they were worthy to suffer shame for his name. So they were worthy to suffer. That it was Fotini, she's, what her mindset was, I'm, I can't believe God would choose me to suffer for Christ. How many of us wake up every morning and say, I hope I get to suffer for Christ this morning? It's not usually a thought that rolls through our brain. But think if we could really understand. You know, Jesus, we ought to know this about Jesus too. It says that the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. He didn't walk around in the finest clothes and the nicest horses or cars for present day. He trusted his Father wherever he went. And that the power of God would be there. He never bribed anyone, said, this is how awesome your life could be. People saw him, and they saw what they could be. They saw wholeness and healing, not what he could give them. That's what they wanted to see. Show us miracles. Show us miracles. But Jesus went beyond that and went right to the core issue of sin in our lives. And so we see Fotini time after time. uh, She trusted God. And the power of God was with her. And that should encourage you this morning. That is, she trusted God. And you know what, what was neat? She was uh, given uh, the title. And back then, they just didn't throw around titles. Or it carried a lot of weight, whatever position you were given. She was given the title because of what she endured and what she was experienced equal to the apostles. Given that place of honor. So know whatever you're going through, whatever your suffering is, that Christ is right there with you. And so know this morning, guys, as we enter into this time of baptism, life's not magically going to get easier, but you're going to have a greater knowing of the presence of God in your life. And you're going to begin to get conviction within you because you're going to have to push away certain friends. You're going to have to shut down certain music, certain things of this world that want to entice us away from Christ. That's the heart behind all that. So you're going to have the strength to be able to be all that God's called you to be. And when you fall down short, he's going to be right there to pick you back up and welcome you back in. So don't cut yourself short as you're on this process of being delivered, of being free, of experience breakthrough, of being forgiven and being changed. So I want you all to stand up this morning. I want you guys just to stand here. Sorry, just these guys. You guys, you guys are good. You're listening. That's awesome. No. Um, and you guys just meet me right here. I just, uh, real quick, want them to share. Um, a couple of them had something they just wanted to share with you of just what God is doing in their life. Uh, so you guys can come. Scotty, you start us off right here. Redeemed. You weren't sitting over there. I can't forget you. Uh, but man, Scotty, he texted me a couple days ago, and he's like, I've actually never been baptized. And uh, so this is an awesome opportunity that you get to get baptized uh, this morning, Scotty. So why don't you just share a little bit with everyone why you put uh, Redeemed on your shirt. Um, I'm not the most versed person when it comes to speaking, but um, I had a really rough childhood and middle school that I don't really tell people about um, because I don't want someone else's burdens, my burdens to be someone else's. Um, and, you know, in John, it says you give up your burdens to heaven and you just, you know, the new comes and the old is gone. And, you know, I've been following Jesus for quite some time, but I never really considered baptism. And then 
you know, recently I was doing this Devo and I was saying like, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and baptism of water just is as like significant as following Jesus because it shows your dedication and your public showing that, you know, Jesus Christ is the center of your life and it's um, a big decision that you need to make. It's awesome, Scotty. Amen. All right, Josh, you have anything you'd like to share? No. Okay. I understand, man. Amberly? Um, so I chose Delivered because um, last year I really went through a hard time where um, dealing with um, demonic and dealing with strongholds, and God really just delivered me through all of that. And I'm just here to say that, you know, um, fear and death is a lie, and the devil is a liar, and I'm just glad that, glad that God is my deliverer. So. Um, I chose breakthrough because um, I broke through depression, I broke through anxiety, I broke through postpartum stress, and God revealed to me what a, how he's showing, and my friend, my best friend, wrote it to me without, just wrote it to me and let me know how she's seeing him and me is helping her. So that's why I chose Breakthrough. <laughs> um, I chose Forgiven because, like, I know I'm not perfect and I'm still learning and I don't always make the right decisions. But I know, like, you know, just looking to, to God, like, I know he, he's going to forgive me forever. I don't want to have no more burdens. Like, I just lost my grandfather to cancer. And then I lost my cousin the next day. And if, I, I just feel sometimes if I would have tried a little harder more when they was here, like, I don't want to feel like that anymore. Like, I just wish, like, you know, I got to talk to him more when when he was going through his sickness and everything like that. But I know from the last couple of days of spending with him, I know that he still loves me and he forgives me. Like God forgives me for all the things that I've been through. I just I don't want to have any more bur burdens, and I know God's gonna forgive me. Hi everyone, my name is Latrice. I choose change because I had a rough life. I used to be in the streets fighting. This is with negativity. So I really hope God forgive me. That's <laughs> why so I choose change. I'm 23. I want to do better. I want better in life, you know? Like, I came from, I'm from the projects, you know what I'm saying? I want better. Like, I'm going to school now for my CDA, trying to start my own daycare. I love kids. I love working at a daycare. But I just, positive vibes only around me. That's what I'm on right now. That's awesome. And everybody can attest that we all have a past, a past that we're not very proud to show or to, to talk about, but we know that God doesn't look at our past. He looks at our future and who we can be and who we can become because it's, I am all that he says that I am. So you have to believe what you wrote down on your shirt is, 
It's what he says that you are. It's not what you believe or what the enemy tries to come and deceive, to deceive you with, but you are forgiven. You are changed. You, you do have that breakthrough. You are delivered. You are free. You are redeemed. And speaking that every day, because we're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but I will fear no evil for you are with me. And when we go up to the mountaintops, he's there with us. So when we're doing so good, he's there. And when we're doing bad, he's there. He's never left us. He's never forsaken us. And we are on a healing process. Sin has made us crippled. Like Pastor Garrett was saying, we were crippled. I was broken, but God made me restored. And so that when the enemy tries to come and deceive you, you remember that you are changed. And don't let the enemy speak those lies because he's so good to come in. Even, even today, But you just got to remember that we all have a past, some worse than others, but we all have a past. That's what brings us together and that we need a savior and we need that baptism because we've been buried with him and we also are, are brought to life because of Jesus Christ, not because of ourselves, but because of Jesus Christ. So it again, like I said, we are honored to baptize you today. It is our privilege. It is our honor to to baptize you in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is our privilege to do that today. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed. For more messages like this one, check out our website at gatheringplacechurch.com.